broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, hopefully I'm able to do uh, everything that I possibly can um, and maybe even get more running opportunities uh, when we get here and play the Colts in, I think, 12 days or so. Uh, with with Leonard being out, we just all, as a group, we just don't know how those things are going to work out. But um, in 2017, I was kind of in a, in a similar situation where um, I had to take a boat uh, or a load of um the carries and or I just say the plays in the game and for me I thought it worked out well up until my injury so uh, I'm excited for the opportunity if it's there that is Chris Thompson I'm excited to see Chris Thompson play especially on third downs we're excited to see the screen pass return to Jacksonville yeah still a part of football been a long time coming so that's good I think we gotta be a little careful with the expectations we put yeah on Chris Thompson and really this running back room. If you take a look at what the Jaguars did uh, last year in that finale, if that's the one-game sample that really got the Jags thinking they don't need Leonard Fournette and they're going to change the philosophy, well, they scored in the 30s that game. They really put a thumping on the Colts, and they only ran for, I think, 50 yards in that game. So is that going to be the Jags? I mean, are they just going to run for 50 yards a game? 60, 70 I mean, yards a game? I mean, are they going to even try to get 100 yards in a game? I mean, unless you get an Alvin Kamara type, you know. I mean, and once, <laughs> I'm going to say this right now, Brent, and I'll put it out in the airwaves, Coos. Feel free to save this. If the Jaguars, for some reason, in a blue moon, they do something exciting, and they do something to give us faith, and they go after Alvin Kamara and they sign him, I will pierce my nose, just like Alvin Kamara has, on a septum. I, I, it's, it's called a septum, right? Septum piercing, right here? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's called a septum piercing. I will pierce my septum on live radio. I'll bring somebody in, and I will pierce my nose if they sign Alvin Kamara. There you go. Interesting. Yep. You know, I never did read all the comments. We had so many comments, but I want to get to a couple comments yesterday uh, from the Leonard Fournette, Yannick Ngakwe, the two days that were emotional in Jacksonville. We had some callers. Uh, phone lines always open. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one star star six ninety as well, uh, but we also had a lot on social media, and uh, I really hope Minshew is good. Said we've been waiting for hours for this link to drop. A train, I've got a hundred dollars towards your FCC in your name if needed. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, man. You survived the day. Yeah, hundred dollars. That's more than I make it a day. Thank you, man. Uh, Bob says I'm ticked off about spending a hundred and twenty bucks once again on a jersey wasted at the stadium. <laughs> Did you see that viral video of the guy going through the closet of all the players that have either been gone, cut, uh, or yeah, traded? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. You feel for him. Um, that is uh, pretty good, yes. No doubt about it. All right, what else we have here? Uh, <laughs> I think I read this one, but I'm going to say it again because I like it. Brent, you almost did it, but you bailed on me and made it a question. Say it with your chest. The Jags <laughs> are tanking. Is that, that's in your contract, isn't it? You can't say they're tanking. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's in your contract. It's all right. Uh, I get it. How about Robert Six, though? You ready for this? Hit me with it. I didn't see this yesterday. I just saw it now. Okay. I wanted to go back. I appreciate everybody jumping in. We love the comments, and I just didn't have a chance to read them yesterday. Uh, But he says, what if they're just setting up a deal to get Kamara? Said this yesterday? He said he yesterday. This is back when Kamara was even By the way, we're hiring this guy. What? If they trade for for Kamara. Hey, Michael Lombardi, kick rocks, because we got some true inside (laughs) information right here with this dude. Okay. Mo says we'll end up regretting this move. He will go to another team and dominate with a team that actually knows how to use him. Well, I don't know if the Jags misused Leonard Fournette. They sure as heck used him a lot. Yeah. 
I, I don't know if that's in there. Yeah. Listen, I would go through my mentions, but they all tell me how much I'm right and how much you're wrong, so I don't want to do that to you right now. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. How much I'm wrong? How, how much you're wrong, how much I'm right. What? Uh, why do they say that? I don't, I don't know, man. What can I say? I'm a man of the people. You know how they don't tag me? Yeah. They're afraid. Oh, no, they didn't tag you, man. Yeah, they're afraid. And, and some of your friends didn't tag you in some. <laughs> What's up, First Coast? Hey, First Coast Bubbler. I see you out there, man. I see you having my back, man. Uh, Michael says, what else would you call it in, in terms of tanking? Sad if they think Lawrence will save them. Got to dump this front office now. Everybody uh, believes in that. What about, did you see the storylines about the, the suggestions about Lawrence and Dabo? Dabo. Oh, man. I mean, if you want to light a place on fire, by the way, in terms of excitement, would that do it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to cover Dabo Sweeney. You know, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, do you, Is he a great coach? Absolutely. Obviously, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's had success at Clemson. Do you think his style would translate well to the NFL, Brent? I, I hesitate to think that yeah. those guys have, translate to the NFL. I mean, Kingsbury, the, the jury's still out. Pete sure. Carroll is the most successful one or one of the most successful ones. Yeah. Uh, we have examples of it. We're going to now see. In, get it done. Uh, we're now see in Carolina. Matt Rule. Uh, with Rule. Um, again, there's, there's not enough. Listen, Doug Marone coached in college. Sure. And, I mean, he got the AFC championship game. Yeah. Uh, but he's kind of considered a more pro guy. Yeah, uh, even though he spent a lot of time in college. Listen, so, I, I, I wouldn't see Doug Marone dabbing uh, at Syracuse during halftime when you know <laughs> I, I don't see him dancing in the locker room. Let's just say that much. Yeah, uh, so, like Dabo does. The yeah, I don't know how it would work. I yeah. I don't get excited about college coaches going over the NFL. Now I say that, and this is probably the best time in the history of the sport for college coaches to oh. go over the NFL because there's more likeness. Now, sure. from the NFL to college game, the spread, the use of the quarterbacks, the dual threat, yeah. all that. Yeah. And, and so they'll bring – they'll get away from the dinosaur age sure. of it. Uh, and obviously the rapport with the quarterback would be already there. Yeah. Quite frankly, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence wants it. I'm sure he loves Dabble, but does he want Dabble for the next eight years? Dude, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so that, that actually happened to me, right? So my head coach from Murray State, uh, Coach Griffin, so he got let go my senior year – Ended up becoming the tight ends coach at Jacksonville my, my rookie year. So I had to go against him every single day in practice. It was weird, man. It was a trip. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. You can spend too much time. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not saying it was bad. It was, I'm saying it was weird. I mean, I, I enjoyed it because I, I enjoyed trying to kick his guy's butt every single day. That was my mission in life. But it, it's a weird situation, especially if you're going to be working together at the quarterback spot. I just don't see how it could work. I uh, Go LSU from a little spot I did in Baton Rouge says, how can you compare Fournette to Camaro when Camaro benefits greatly from having players like Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Minshew, and Didi Westbrook? It's not even fair. I think he was defending Fournette. But, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt Camaro's a better back, right? More explosive back, more exciting back. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll let's I just say this. Nine out of ten teams yeah, in the NFL are going to take Camaro. Correct. Correct. We yeah. couldn't get anybody to trade for Fournette. Correct. Yes. According to Doug Marone. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the it, I don't like the um, the Dabo Trevor talk just yet. Let's do that in January. Okay. Fair would enough. You, listen, if the Jags are two and fourteen, right? They got the number one pick. Yeah. Would you endorse the idea of Doug Marone's gone? Shoot, he even said it yesterday. He's like, we're two and fourteen. I'm not here. Not here. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. You would think. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. And you're changing. Would you endorse the idea of Dabble, or would you like somebody would you like Josh McDaniels or somebody like that? I mean, do you, yeah, 
I mean, I don't know, man. Like, to, to me, when you go all in like that and you have, like, that quarterback college coach of the pro, like, I guess I, I, it kind of turns me off a little bit because I've never really seen it before, right? So I don't know what that would look like. Now, yeah, fortune favors the bold. I get that. But I I just can't see you coexisting and making it work in the NFL. I, I just can't see it. So I'd much rather have him even get maybe a different college coach if there's, like, a big name out there. Um, who, who's the cat from Oklahoma? Oh, uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. But they just signed him to, like, a six-year okay, deal. Sure. Not okay. that well, that matters, but. Yeah. <laughs> Go ask Kingsbury how that's working out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'd rather see that as opposed to maybe getting Dabo, just my opinion. Though. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I said earlier, right before the break, and, and I just put it on Twitter as well, the, the bottom line is, listen, I don't know if Kamara's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's floated out there now. Do the Saints keep him? Do other teams jump in? The sad reality is, and I will admit this because I think this is true, I don't think the Jags have even an ounce of interest in going to get one of the most exciting backs in the league. Well, I'm not going to pierce my nose then. Fine. But I I just don't. I mean, I could be wrong. It's not like I've checked on it. I just don't get the feeling they are or would be interested, one, in trading for Kamara at this juncture with what they're doing, two, paying a back $14, $15 million a year, and I just don't get the sense that they would be that interested in it, yet they're still trying to tell us they want to win games. They're trying to put Minshew in a good position. Well, this this kind of move would do so many things from a statement perspective, from a we-aren't-tanking perspective, we're trying, we're going in a new direction, to start establishing stars again to build around, yeah. uh, to help Gardner Minshew succeed the most he could because you strip something else away from him, even though some will argue they helped by taking Fournette away, which is a tough argument, I think, to win. So all those things would happen. I'm not saying Alvin Kamara would lead you to the Super Bowl, but it would it would really jumpstart a feeling of new, uh, the reboot they're trying to do in the right direction. He's a guy along with some others on that team that you could build around. Uh, it's amazing how a guy like Kamara, now that his name comes up, mm-hmm. now that that report comes out, I think from Josina Anderson, that the Saints would be willing to trade, gets you way more excited than the prospect of having a guy like Fournette. Yeah. But it does. It, it absolutely does. And listen, do I see the Jaguars doing this? Absolutely not. But if you want to justify it, because let's be honest, right? It's hard to justify, right? It's hard to justify. Well, you got rid of Fournette. You let Yanni go for what you did. You know, this kind of seems like a rebuild type of season. But then you go after one of the most intriguing running backs in the entire NFL. So what are you guys really trying to prove here? Like, what is the goal? And I would say that if the goal was truly to see if Gardner Minshew is the man going forward. And if Gardner Minshew is going to be that guy for years and years to come, then you give him every possible weapon at his disposal to get a fair assessment of what you're working with here, right? And if you were to bring in Alvin Kamara, and even more than Leonard Lewis, I've been very adamant saying that I think your offense gets hindered when you lose Leonard Fournette. Well, you lost him, it is what it is. But I also am going to say if you got Alvin Kamara over Leonard Fournette, well, your your offense drastically increases and it becomes more intriguing and it helps out Gardner Minshew in ways that Leonard Fournette could probably never help out Gardner Minshew. So if the goal of this season is to see if Gardner Minshew is the guy, then you get him the ultimate 
failsafe. You you get him the ultimate ace in the hole in Alvin Kamara, where now if you're a defense, you got to be like, well, geez, man, we got DJ Chark. They got Tyler Eifert. We'll see about him. But now they got Alvin Kamara. Are we going to stop the run? Are we going to stop him in the pass game? Who's going to cover Alvin Kamara? We putting a linebacker on him, safety on him, Gardner Minshew now? Like, it just opens up that playbook so much. I and mean, when you have a guy like Jay Gruden who lives and dies by that, who lives and dies by giving you different kind of looks, different kind of formations, different kind of motions, things like that, Alvin Kamara fits that. So I think it makes sense from a, a couple perspectives. But once again, I just can't see the Jaguars doing it. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, and that's the sad reality of it all. I, I don't. And it goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier. It's like, OK, I understand it's not my money. It's not my philosophy. It's not my plan. Well, this isn't fantasy football. I get it. But sometimes I treat it like it if is. all those things are true from your perspective, that it opens things up, it makes you better in 2020, it makes you better in 2021, probably makes you better in 2022, mm-hmm. it gives your quarterback the best chance to succeed, who you probably sold the ownership that you believe in and that you've given this opportunity to. And it brings some excitement inside the building, brings some excitement outside the building, although that's not necessarily your job. Yet I feel like the Jags would have zero interest in doing this. And it speaks to, do they think, why are they so much smarter than the rest of us? <laughs> you know, that's what we talked about earlier. It has that I Gene think, Smith-esque feel yeah. like, why not do this? This doesn't, I understand Alvin Kamara could be a final piece for some teams. Like the idea of that could be a final piece. Well, it could, but the final, the you know what? The people with final piece destinations don't often have $14 million freed up and a new contract waiting to go. The Jaguars have money to spend. They could be saving some money because the cap's going to be different next year, but they still have plenty of money to spend. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy that, you know, you're going to get take chances in free agency. They also have draft capital. You could take one of those picks, trade it away, still uh, give this guy money and really, You've got plenty of cash and plenty of capital still. It doesn't do anything to set you back from any kind of plan you wanted to have in 2021. It it just doesn't. So if the idea is to get good football players so you can win football games, I would think you'd have to make take a sniff at this thing and at least see. And who knows? The Jags might be. But I'm just telling you, I'm sitting here as the owner of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club. (laughs) And saying, I don't even think the Jaguars, I think the Jaguars would see that and probably know that already, that he's probably yeah. on the trade table. And they're like, yeah, of, that's, uh, that's a good read. Let's, let's go on to the next thing. Uh, that's my feeling. Of all people, Brent Martineau, the president of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club, isn't even going to leave the station for this one. You're not even going to compa- campaign this one. You're just going to stay at home, sit on the couch and say, yeah, it's raining outside. It's all good. I feel like that came across the Jaguars' desk at some point. Hey, that's some uh, word that uh, Alvin Kamara mm. might be available. I was like, ah, good. I wonder where he lands. See you. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I mean, well, and, but, that's bad. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't usually think that way. Like, I'd rather entertain it. But I'm going to sit here and tell you that's the way I'm thinking on this right now. Like, well, and that yeah. does show you that it, it, it answers my question of what I asked earlier in the show. People are saying the Jags are tanking. Nah, I don't really think they're tanking because players don't do it, and Doug's going to try to save his job and uh, tanking. But if I ask you the question, are they really trying to win? And really try to win, like teams go to the playoffs yeah. and try to make yourself as good as you can be. Then I can't sit here and say yes because it doesn't look like they are. You know what's crazy about this whole thing, though? So obviously, Elvin Kamara said, he, I mean, this is all speculation, right? But probably that, that $14 million range, maybe a $13 million range, correct? 
Well, well it, you'd be getting a deal at 13. He wants up close to 16. 16 You're going to have yeah. to pay him 14 and a half million a year at okay. the very least is my guess. Okay. I mean, again, Mixon just got tw- a dozen for four years for $48 million contract. Yeah. Kamara's I would pay more for Camara than I would for Mixon. It's cool to show you, though. So Le'Veon Bell making $13 million right now. And how's that going in New York? And then David Johnson making $13 million in Houston, in case you didn't know that. How's mm-hmm. that? We'll see how, oh, we'll, that's to be determined, obviously. But it goes to show you, I mean, in terms of free agency, when you go after these high-priced running backs, and I'm going down the list here, and obviously not Mixon added to the list, but he, keep in mind, he, he's in-house, right? So... You have guys like Todd Gurley. We'll see. That still remains to be seen. I mean, it, it, it's hard to speculate because there's not a lot of guys that fit the mold here. It's just I can't see the Jaguars spending that much money if you're supposedly trying to start over and you're essentially bringing in a new guy to kind of win right now. It just doesn't make much sense. Well, quite frankly, I will say I think there are people around the league that also don't value the running back to that kind of dollar amount. Because you have – there's just so many examples. Kamara himself, who was what? In the third round, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, and found and, – and you have fifth-round guys that get found and you have sixth-round guys. That's a position over time that is trended toward being able to find a back that is suitable and sometimes a star in the later rounds. I mean, that's obviously what ticked people off about Fournette in the first place, well, that he was the, a top-five pick. And the Jaguars have a lot of draft capital coming up, keep in mind. In, yeah, but Demetrius Harvey – says uh, this. He said Alvin Kamara has averaged five yards per carry through his career on 485 touches. Pretty good. Has 81 receptions in each of his three seasons. Has totaled 37 touchdowns rushing and receiving. And, well, I mean, that is with one of the best quarterbacks of all time and a very high-powered offense. You know, so, I mean, he's done a lot. Could he do that? Could he have that kind of production here in Jacksonville? Well, who knows? And maybe worth a try. Uh, the other running back news, uh, Leonard Fournette, by the way, has gone unclaimed off waivers. I mean, nobody is picking up that $4 million, uh, and that's why the grievance was filed as well. So there you go. Where do you uh, see him going? Where, where do you think? Let's make our predictions right now. Where is Leonard Fournette going to go? Because he has a choice now, right? Yeah, he's, been, yeah. he's a free agent. Yeah. So he he's if he has some suitors. Where are you going if you're Leonard Fournette? I'm trying to go to Tampa. Yeah, okay. We're on the same page. Um, there are some rumblings about Tampa being involved with them anyway. I would think Seattle will be very interested in Sure. What do you think about Chicago with, with John DeFilippo there, though? You know, like obviously John DeFilippo loved him yeah. for as much as they gave him the rock. Hey, yeah, I mean, they threw it to him a bunch, too. Yeah. And that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh I feel like he's going to end up in Seattle. And the reason why is if there are some problems with him anyway, that there's this underlying stuff, Pete yeah, Carroll doesn't care. We're good. He doesn't care. We're all set. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where Leonard uh, for Yeah, I'm sure up. we'll see him in the playoffs. You know, we'll see him probably hoist the Lombardi trophy. It's the way it usually goes. <laughs> there we him go. and Yannick. <laughs> him, and, him and Jan Paul. It's like we two NFC teams, but yeah, I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> him and Yannick in the NFC championship game. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, the, what, here's the other thing. I mean, that's an interesting thing up in Minnesota, by the way, with Yannick is Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook's yeah. unhappy about his contract. And they basically said, you know what? Well, we don't really care about it right now. We're going to go fill up our cap space with Jan. Mm-hmm. We're tired of dealing with the, your situation. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know where that leaves him down the road. And Riley Reef, uh, the offensive lineman, they just uh, extended him, according to the national guys. Yeah, so, it's listen, man, I, I get it. The running back position, it's a fickle one, right, where you're always reloading at it and you don't really pay that a top dollar position, let's just say. 
But to me, Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, Brent, one of the best running backs in the league. And to me, Dalvin Cook is a, a big reason why they've been so successful. Because guess what? You just lost Stephon Diggs. And I think Thielen has shown that he can't do it himself. So if it was me, I would take care of Dalvin Cook, but that's just me. Uh, Ian Rappaport, by the way, 20 minutes ago said this, spoke to Saints running back Alvin Kamara and his agent. Neither had asked for or demanded a trade as of today. They thought they were actively negotiating and making progress on an extension. Kamara has never threatened to hold out and has been in the building every day. Uh, Saints, uh, Roto World also has this report, uh, says Saints would want a first rounder for Kamara. So there's some back and forth going on here. Uh, right now, and I, you got Taysom Hill. You, how greedy can you get right now? All right, <laughs> you take a second rounder and go on with your lives. Hey, one thing we did not mention with all the news of Fournette and what's going on and with the Jags and my goodness, uh, <laughs> I, I was out at the scrimmage on Saturday. Oh yeah, how'd that go? And not great. I don't think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think Minshew struggled early going. I mean, we're talking about practice, but. <laughs> There it is. You know, it just it wasn't great. I mean, it had a couple interceptions. DJ Hayden interception was a really bad one off uh, in the flat there. And so I think I think he rescued himself a little later. Or it could have been a bad narrative coming out of Saturday. Sure. And then it was trumped, obviously, by the Ngakwe news and also then the Fournette news. But inside the stadium, Jags didn't look great. Now, Colin Johnson continues to look unbelievable. I mean, you've seen that narrative. It's it's unreal. I mean, he yeah. has been really good. Uh, you don't usually look this good and then look bad in games. I mean, it's hard to look this good and this consistent mm-hmm. and be bad in games. But there's still that curiosity of can you translate it? How much will he even play? How many snaps will he get? How will they use him? But I tell you what. He's forced Jay Gruden and Keenan McCardell to put him in the rotation and see what they've got. Yeah, take note. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, and because it's starting to feel like, whoa, wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. And there are some people like in Texas, they're getting maybe a little wrapped up in it because he's a Longhorn. But there's like, hey, he's going to be a steal, steal of the draft, oh, yeah. you know. Well, I'm sure Matthew McConaughey is going on his rants <laughs> on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. It's hard to say, though, a fifth round pick is going to be like super steal. Right. I mean, you just don't know. There's too much that could go on there. And and I'm not doing that off three weeks of practice. But it's an interesting narrative that some people are like, hey, man, this guy was really good. Got banged up a little bit. His production went down last year. What's very interesting to me is the two receivers the Jaguars drafted. Yeah. They would have gone way higher if they had come out last year or if they were eligible to come sure. out. LaVisca Chenault lost, a, lost some, uh, uh, you know, what am I looking for? Uh draftability, at least in the first round. How about that? Stock. I was, was going to say stock. stock, but I want to see you yes. come through it. That's what and I want to say. He gave us draftability. I like it. Uh, stock. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he went to the second round. Yeah. But he was a, a lot of people thought he was a first-round guy yep. coming out and yep. would be in in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so then he got banged up and he, and he hurt the stock a little bit. Then same goes for Colin Johnson. I think he would have been drafted higher than the fifth round. He's got some pedigree with his dad. He's tall. Yeah. Uh, and we like that about him because he gives Love him it. something different. The red zone with him and Conley and probably Chark could oh. be interesting, right? I mean, that should set up Minshew pretty well. Take Fournette out of the equation. Yeah. That should set up, set up Minshew pretty well. Absolutely, yeah. So, I I mean, it's it's worth getting excited about by Colin Johnson. Yeah. The bottom line is he's still like their fourth or fifth receiver, yeah. even playing well, well. He is their fourth or fifth receiver, but remember, I mean, I think with Gruden you have different packages, right? And we have if we have a red zone package, because what was lacking last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that red zone off. Man, you had Chris Conley riding the bench for whatever reason. Guy jumps out of the gym, didn't use him like he should have. Whatever, John DeFilippo, enjoy Chicago. So, with that being said, 
I think when you incorporate him in a red zone package, you got Tyler Eifert, you got Colin Johnson, you got Chris Conley, you got LaVisca Chenault. Like, just throw, literally just 500 it, Hail Mary it, and say, go get it. Yeah. Somebody. You like your chances? You love your chances. Yeah, so yes. that's good. Uh, by the way, Devon Hamilton, Doug Costin look good uh, yeah. the other night. Doug Costin is a guy, I'm telling you. Like, I'm, not, hey, you better I, take I'm not selling you, Doug Costin. <laughs> I'm just telling you, he's another guy that you look up and practice, and you're like, guy's making plays. Every time I look up, and I didn't have perfect attendance at practice, and that could be a very small sample. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, I saw him making plays, and I saw him making plays in the scrimmage again. And you just want remember when we were doing a, a needle in a haystack kind of picks Correct. of the defensive line? I kind of dismissed him. I was like, come on, nah. Yeah. Well, maybe he shouldn't. Uh, I mean, he might really have a chance. He's made enough plays to have a chance mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of this team, especially a line with, that has a ton of attrition. Uh, and DJ Chark continues to be fantastic as well. Uh, I. What's interesting is their backup QB role, and I don't get wrapped up in backup QBs too much because I kind of feel like if you get to your backup QB, you're kind of screwed anyway. Correct. Uh, shoot, the way the Jacks have been, they've been screwed with their starting quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the I, I I tell you, I just don't Dobbs and um, and I like Do- Josh Dobbs, but Dobbs and Glennon do n- not do much for me in the time I've seen them. Well, Ness is going to trade for Joshua Dobbs anyways pretty soon here, so don't worry about him. But no, I get it. Like, and what I've heard too with Luton, it's it's the side. Like, he's got everything. Luton right. is is sneak. Like, I seriously think this. Okay, I think if they were to rank their quarterbacks, Luton would be second. I think they are unwilling to go into the season with Minshew and Luton. Yeah, you know. But I think if they were to rank them, I believe Luton has done better things, and and I think they kind of like it, and I think that also says a lot about Glennon and Dobbs. Yeah, so I think what you're saying here is Glennon or Dobbs will get the nod as a backup quarterback. You put Luton on uh, like the practice squad, but if a team, for whatever reason, out of the blue pursues him and tries to sign him, the Jaguars would probably have no problem cutting Dobbs or Glennon to keep Luton on their team. Yeah, I think the que- I think they have to wonder if they can. They probably can stick Luton on the practice squad, yeah. and then there's a protection of guys. You got to clear through the waiver system, but you got to. I I think they probably think they can do that. But I'm not convinced they think they can do that. Uh, and I think they also are going to keep three quarterbacks. Mm. And so my question is, does Glennon or Dobbs get cut? And the three quarterbacks they keep are Minshew, Luton, and Dobbs or Glennon. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Really? Not taking a chance. I mean, I, I don't know. Seriously. Well, I'm just not taking a chance on Luton on the practice squad or but, whatever. But else. keep in mind, Brennan, if you put Luton on the practice squad – and someone tries to go after him, you still have the top priority. So say you put Luton on the practice squad, and let's say whatever. The, the New England Patriots want to get Luton. And let's say uh, the, the Patriots put their stake in for the waiver. We're, we're getting Luton on the practice squad. I'm pretty sure the Jaguars can still counter and say, no, we're going to assign him to the team of the practice squad. Because the same thing happened to me in Detroit. The reason I got cut from Detroit was because one of their practice squad guys was going to get grabbed up by, I think, Chicago. Or something like that. And they're like, well, we got to sign this guy because we don't want to lose him. He's an offensive lineman. So I was like, well, sorry, Austin, you're getting cut because one of our practice squad guys was going to get signed. Interesting. I, yeah. I think to, but, but first to get to the practice squad, you still have to clear waivers. 
I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I was confused there. So what you're saying is... So you have is, to be released first. You have to true. make sure nobody picks you up. No, And then okay. you have to say, okay, well, we're bringing you back to the practice squad. See, this is... I didn't see that kind of scenario. I thought you meant, like, he's on the practice squad, and, like, halfway through the season, a team comes knocking No, no, because then you have oh, to no, go to the active r- right roster. Away. That's a little different. And you can okay. protect this year. See, the roster's going to be... The practice squad's going to be different this year because you have those protections yeah. once they're there. And so they could protect if they think that's a threat. The other team okay. also has to put them on the active roster as well. So I think it's a little less likely. But, but if they... I, I got so what, what, it's what, probably not likely anybody's going to take him. Okay, no. he's not that. He's not like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know. But I just think if you like him a little bit, if you think you have something, are you willing to risk that? Will be something to watch around cut time. So what you're saying essentially is you release him, put him on waivers, and then a team because they see a six round pick looks a little intriguing on, on that first year deal, then you sign him as a. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So which is listen, it's always a possibility, but. It's unlikely. But I'm just going to say this. If the Jacksonville Jaguars, that happens, that sucks. Like, that's the last thing you want to well, happen. And that's my curiosity. Are yeah. they, do, well, it will tell us a lot how much they like him mm-hmm. if they're unwilling to do something like that. Good point. Uh, and, and I'm just telling you this. I don't think they are in love with Dobbs or, or Glennon. I think they'll go with the experience of those guys. What will be interesting is do the Jags win out with Dobbs because they spent a fifth-round pick on him, mm-hmm. or do they win out with a guy like Glennon because I think Gruden has some past experience with Glennon. Yeah. So that's kind of the curiosity I have, which guy is going to be the main backup. Yeah. Um, and there's potential for him to keep both. Jags are going to have three quarterbacks yeah. one way or another, Yeah. Uh, it looks like. I think Gruden kind of said it the other day, and – uh, Marone didn't necessarily say it, but I think teams are going to lean that way because of COVID-19. Uh, by the way, I think uh, another round of tests out in COVID-19, just four players uh, are on that list. So still good news story uh, for the NFL when it comes to that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we hit on a few more topics before uh, the end of the show. That includes a little NBA playoffs. I don't want to talk about it. A little more football. Let's talk about that. Usually when you use, lose the first round, uh, first game, it, it works out well. Yeah, we'll see, huh? <laughs> How does Giannis only take 12 shots? And visibly upset in the press conference. Not, I, oh, boy. I'm not, I'm not going to free I'm throw. not going to tolerate this is Giannis Slander. I'm not going to do it. Careful, Listen, guys. Careful, guys. Sometimes nope, you got to nope. wake up Careful. your best player. Careful, guys. I'm telling you right now, I, I will not tolerate any kind of Giannis Slander. And does Giannis need a clutch player around him? Well, for endgame situation? He needs Chris Middleton to, you know, beat Chris Middleton. That would be a good start. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I hope so. Brent Martineau. It's, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that, now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. On paper, with all the players they've lost, they could have the first pick in the draft. And if they do, unfortunately for Coach Verone, he probably won't be there. And then again, it's a package deal. If you're Dabo Sweeney and you have any thoughts about ever going to the NFL, this is the perfect situation. It's right down the road, and you're going with a franchise quarterback. So obviously a lot has to happen, but I think it becomes very realistic if Jacksonville does indeed have the first pick overall, which on paper they may, especially after the last 48 hours, losing Ngakwe and Fournette. Hear that, Brunt? First pick of the draft. That's Mike Tannenbaum, and he kind of brought that up about the Dabo Swinney and, and Trevor Lawrence thing. Yeah. You know, here's the deal. If you get the Matt Rule deal, 
to come to the NFL and it's eight years, it's definitely worth thinking about. See, Matt Rule didn't want to leave Baylor. Yeah. And, of course, there's a little posturing there. But when you get, like, I think it was an eight-year deal, maybe a seven. But when you get that kind of length deal and you're getting paid whatever it is, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. Now, keep in mind, Dabble's getting what, like 10 million a year or something close to that now? Eight to 10 million? That's, I mean, why go anywhere? True. You know, mm-hmm. and it just depends what you like. Right. I mean, it's it's. Is it the grind of recruiting? Is it a better a schedule in the NFL? Is it whatever? I don't know, man. There's a pretty big grind in the NFL. As no well. doubt. So yeah. it just depends uh, what you really want. Uh, and listen, we started the show today with a little bit of this conversation. Let's put a bow on it here with this and then we'll get a little NBA topic, too. But do you do you really think I mean, do you get the sense now that the Jaguars are the one of the worst franchises in sports? Have they put themselves in that conversation, and should they be in that conversation? Well, first, let's start in the NFL, and let's think back to the last decade or so of performances and the optics and things like that. Besides the Cleveland Browns, maybe, has anybody had it worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, the Bills were bad for a long time. They're coming out of it right now, yeah. right now, but yeah. I mean, they've been really bad. Sure. I mean, the Jaguars had a better run over 20 years. It, it depends where you want to go with it. Over the last three years or the last two years, again, I remind people about the AFC Championship. The yeah. Bills didn't make it there. The Bills have been more successful and have more wins over the last three seasons combined. And they look like they're headed in a different direction, but they haven't done that yet. But the bad optics as well, Brent. There's been a lot of bad optics here. Uh, there have. Uh, yeah. the, the, Buffalo has bad optics to begin with, though, right? I mean, it's but, Buffalo. Yeah, and Buffalo but, has Buffalo. Cleveland on, has Cleveland. Bro. No, but come they on, do. man. We're talking two games in London. We're talking the grievance gate. We're talking Tom Coughlin speaking out against 100% mandatory people showing. There's been so many bad optics. Here. I just think of this, okay? When you talk about this kind of topic, this topic doesn't just go over a 24-month period. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's not a fair measuring stick. Is your topic over a 10-year period? Is it a 20-year period? Is it a five-year period? But to me, a one- to two-year sample of it doesn't make sense. That doesn't fit. So let's go 10 years. Let's then. go a 10-year period, and the Jaguars have had only one good season. So they're in the conversation on one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns, under this ownership of Shad Khan, are the only team that has less wins than Shad Khan, which is, I think, 40 wins. Uh, keep in mind, before the St. Louis Rams went to L.A., the St. Louis Rams were on the top of this list, even ahead of the Browns and the Jaguars, I believe, in terms of ineptitude and inability to win. So futility came to mind. The Rams were key in that. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why do the Rams get so much Enough credit said. for going to the Super Bowl, though, but the Jags don't get any credit for going to the AFC Championship game? Well, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, but they also have had a lot more success in the past couple of years than the Jaguars have had. They've had a few and, more wins, and, yeah. and they're a lot more intriguing this year than the Jaguars right now. They have right star now. power, and they have yeah. McVay, and now yeah. they're in L.A. Well, they're up a new stadium. There's, you know, just, there's a lot more. There is, yeah. but I'm just saying from a – I mean, you can – there are some people in L.A. wondering what the heck they did just do. They got traded all their picks away over sure. these couple of years, put all their eggs in one basket. So maybe next year they'll look worse than they look this year. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, but once again, man, optics, it's not even close, Brent. It's not close from yeah. an optics standpoint. Uh the Browns are always on this list. They look like they might be coming out of it right now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go into other sports, uh, you talk about like the Detroit Tigers, right? Sure. Uh, who else? Do you talk? Really, the Padres, who I want to actually talk about a little bit, but yep. they are coming out of it yeah. <laughs> right now. They so they don't seem to be in that mix. The Baltimore Orioles have certainly been in that mix. Marlins. Uh, the Marlins have been in that mix, but even the Marlins kind of hit on the radar once in a while and be yeah. like, 
boom, and win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, that's more of over like a 20, 25 year period. Correct. Uh, if you think about basketball, I mean, the magic. I mean, to be honest with you, there's three Florida teams that fit right into this window. And that oh. is, well, four the Marlins, yeah. the Magic, the Jags, and the Panthers. Yeah. They, they, okay. You talk about teams of irrelevancy, and they are that. I mean, the Marlins are the Marlins. We just brought them up. Correct. The Panthers, to me, are the most irrelevant sports franchise in sports. Like, I, I said this a few weeks ago on the show. People, if you ask me about the Florida Panthers, I have to remind myself they still exist and didn't move. Sure. I, I really do. No, I, and listen, I understand that, but it's hockey, too. It's right? part of it like, because it's hockey. Part of it. But like, still, I, mean, I know the Lightning and what they're doing, no, man. For sure, I, for you sure. know the big six, and You're you know right. some of the big organizations. Uh, I, you just... You know what San Jose's doing more than you know the Florida Panthers even still exist. Yeah. So they're in the conversation. Well, Panthers have been point. in the playoffs a couple times, though. But the Panthers they have. have. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and this is my point. Like, we can go to the NBA and say the Knicks. Like, the, the, the Knicks, to me, are like the laughing stock of the NBA and, and maybe of all professional sports, right? I mean, talk about bad optics. The Knicks might have the Jaguars beat. But at the same time, keep in mind the Knicks have been in the playoffs three times compared to the Jaguars one time in the past decade. So what does that really say? The Knicks made the playoffs three times? Yep. I believe so. Yeah. I'll look it up real quick. Uh, by yeah. the way, th- three times. Yeah, they really. Yeah. The, they feel worse than the Jags. Well, don't the, don't well, the Knicks feel though. even worse than the Jags? Right now, absolutely. But remember they had, remember when they had uh, Sotomayor, they had Anthony, too, for a little bit. Okay. I mean, so they had some success a little bit. Uh, the, and, heck, and, and even the Jeremy Lin times. stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the... I will bring it back to Florida, though. The Orlando Magic are in this category. Now, they're again, they seem like they might be coming out of it. Yeah. Over these last two years, they make the postseason. They steal a game or two here. You know, but let's be honest. We're two hours away from Orlando, and nobody around here talks about the Magic. Now, the Jags get a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because the NFL is such a machine. That they're kind of in the conversation, you know, or they're because they're such a machine. They're sometimes used as a punchline or because of the drama around them. Or once again, I say because of the one year of success where they caught everybody's attention. Uh, They are definitely more relevant and talked about than even the magic. Listen, in the the last 10 years, Orlando Magic, five playoff appearances. They've been in the playoffs five times. Five, count them five, Brent. Last year, this year, 2011, and 2000, I'm sorry, four, well, if you count the 2009-2010 season, okay. that's five. Yeah, so five times. A, a little bit of that, too, is you're talking about six, half the league makes the playoffs. It's a little bit of a different formula. Mm, and yeah. I don't, but in fairness, I don't know how many times the Jags would have even made the playoffs yeah. if half the league made it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm not sure of that right off the top of my head. But it, boy, does it feel like the, the Orlando Magic are way more irrelevant than the Jags have been. Now, we live in Jacksonville, so that's probably a very hard thing. Yeah. But I always find it odd in my 12 years here that we don't talk about the Orlando Magic at all. But let's keep in mind, too, it's the Miami Heat effect a little bit, right? When, when LeBron James went to Miami, when they had Dwayne Wade, um, when they had Chris Bosh, obviously the Magic were an afterthought, right? Because all eyes were on the Miami Heat. Well, we see that happening right now with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. The Tampa Buccaneers are the hottest thing on ESPN. You know, we talked about it before. Jenna Lane, congratulations to your job with Tampa Buccaneers because you're about, you're about yes. to probably make some buku bucks because she's talking Tampa Bay every single day on the mothership of ESPN. So with that being said, 
you got to wonder, do the Miami Dolphins get the, the get on the back burner? But keep in mind, they got Tua coming in now. They're a little intriguing. They're young. And Flores, we'll see what happens with them. I mean, like, are the Jacksonville Jaguars the black sheep now of Miami, you know, of, of Florida football, where it's like, well, you got Tampa Bay, you got Miami, and then there's Jacksonville. Yeah, it might be. Um, listen, I think the answer to this <laughs> I am now seeing. Uh, there are some comments on YouTube trying to get some of the comments, and one of the comments are uh, amongst many by Diego here. Brent, you own 2% of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what that's I'm awesome. saying. Uh, Can't say the T word. Can't say no, it. No. Um, but I think they are in the conversation, man, from a win-loss record. I, I That's how you're judged. I, I don't know how you could sugarcoat the fact that I hate to admit, I like a lot of people in that building. I, I know they're working their butt off to try to get it right. I think they have the opportunity here in front of them to change the city, the dynamic with Shotgun, what he's doing. I'm a believer in a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But sooner or later, you got to win. And yeah. you can't just always be the punchline. And you can't always miss. And well, they've done that often. I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, you can't really... It, I got 2017, but... Out of 12 years, that's all I've got. Listen, and at the end of the day, what's going to happen during the next NFL draft? I'm going to sit there on my couch, watch the draft. I'm going to watch the Jaguars up to pick, and they're going to cut to commercial. I'm going to get on Twitter. I'm going to complain about it and say they don't respect the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what? But the the more you break it down the past decade or so, and the more you look at the wins and losses, you look at the bad optics and all the drama, to be fair, man, why, why would anybody else besides Jaguars fans care about that pick? Yeah. You know? It's fair. And, yeah, they've and, earned that. And it sucks to admit, and it's a come-to-Jesus moment, but, yeah, I think you could make a case that the Jacksonville Jaguars are probably one of the worst sports teams right now in the country. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, sorry about your bucks. They'll bounce back maybe in game two. Yeah. We'll uh, game seven we got with OKC. How about Billy D and OKC? Pretty Tell good. You, That's good stuff. By the way, Rockets, most overrated team I had in the, in the playoffs. Well, and, Let's finish it up. And don't forget, you got Denver and Utah tonight. Tonight. Uh, and we'll talk about them a little bit more tomorrow yeah. because Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, they've been putting on a show. Get That's something popcorn. to watch. Oh, hey, that yeah. is something to watch tonight Get is Denver popcorn. against Utah. Even if you don't like the NBA, it'll be a fun watch. Hey, quick mention, the Action Sports Shack Dream 18 sold out, so thanks for signing nice, up. Nice, man. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. It's a couple weeks away. It's going to be a lot uh, of work for you, though, that means, but <laughs> yeah. hey. Don't worry, I'll put you to work as well. First and 10 training camp coming up tonight, 11-15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll talk more about the Jags. Thanks for hanging with us today here on a Tuesday at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.